Amen. I am so excited to be here this morning and to minister the Word of God. It's always a privilege uh, to stand here and to minister the Word of God. And, and uh, this morning, I've actually prepared a very pretty outline, and uh, I was very excited about it. And uh, whilst I was in the shower this morning, the Lord said that, Yes, I know you have prepared a very pretty sermon, but I'm going to mess you up today. <laughs> and so, uh, those in the booth, please forgive me, it's not me. <laughs> I'm just going to flow as the Holy Spirit leads. Amen. 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 Run with the vision. What is vision? Um, the Oxford... Dictionary defines vision as the ability to think about, about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. And uh, vision can also be expressed as our physical sight. But the biblical usage of the word vision has a divine connotation to it. it, has a divine dimension to it. Vision through the Bible has actually changed the destiny of generations, have changed the destiny of entire country. And it's having an impact even on our lives today. Amen. Do you remember the vision that Joseph had? He went through things. He was even thrown into a pit. He served as a, uh, as a prisoner before he became a vice prime, prime minister or vice, how do you call it? Yeah, he became an assistant in the, in the whole nation. And that was how the people of Israel got into Egypt. So that changed the course of an entire generation. Amen. And uh, you and I, every now and then, uh, or every year, we come up with our own visions, goals, plans that we wish to accomplish. But uh, sometimes when we are running with these visions, it feels as if we are running with chariots on a barefoot, and we are panting, and we are worn out. And uh, sometimes we are able to achieve those goals, but most of the time, we get frustrated with it. And we ask so many questions. How come uh, nothing works? Today, we are going to look at the vision we should be running with. If you are running with a vision, who gave you that vision? Or let me put it this way. What is it is that drives you? What is it that you are passionate about? That you put all of your energy and strength into to make sure that it's accomplished? Was it given to you by God? Amen. Every vision in your life must originate from God. If your vision is not in line with the vision of God, there has to be an adjustment. There has to be a change. Amen. 
I'm going to share with you two major stories, and then uh, we will go into some details. When you read the book of, in after five, my our text for today is going to be from Habakkuk chapter two, and from the verses number one through three. So let's read that quickly, and then uh, we will go into those uh, two stories. Habakkuk. By the way, the name Habakkuk means embrace. Embrace. So he embraced the vision of God. He was one prophet who was asking God so many tough questions about his plan and visions. And God also gave him answers that are very revealing. So in Habakkuk chapter 2, reading from verse number 1, it says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Verse 2 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. In my notes here, I've highlighted the words, watch to see, write the vision, that he may run who reads, and then an appointed time. I've underlined those words. But here's what I wanted to talk to you before we come into the details of this scripture here. The Bible talks about a gentleman whose name is Saul, but his name later on changed as you read the book of Acts. His name changed from Saul to Paul. And uh, he was such an ambitious young man. And he had a vision, he had a plan to go to Damascus, to the synagogues, to persecute the people of the way, who you will say the Christians. And before he does that, he wanted a letter. Now, just take note of that. He wanted a letter. Something to authorize him. Remember what the scripture we just read? He said, write it down. So he wanted a letter, something that will authorize him to do that which he has planned. We'll talk about it. There's something about writing it down. We'll talk about it. But... He was on his way to go 
and then execute the plans and the visions that he has. But unfortunately, those plans and visions of Saul were not the plans and visions of God. So God intercepted him on the way. The Bible says that a light shone on his path. And that light was the vision of God. That light blinded him for three days. It was not coincidence or just per chance. But what God was doing was that he said that, hey, uh, uh, Paul or Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Saul said that, who are you, Lord? <laughs> why do you say I'm persecuting you? Since I am Jesus, the one whom you are persecuting. What Saul said immediately was that, okay, now what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? His eyesight was blinded. His vision was blinded for three days. And when he received his sight back, there was a change of vision. God replaced his vision, Paul's vision, with his vision. God gave him another vision. I am praying today that before the end of this message, or by the time you leave here, you have another vision that God will birth within you another goal, another vision. Amen. So God gave Saul another vision. Uh, later on in the scriptures, when you read, it says, Paul says that, woe is me if I don't preach the gospel. Now, there is a new vision in him that is burning. Let's read quickly from the book of Acts, uh, from chapter 9. And let's, let's read from the verse number 1. It says that then... Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus, <clears throat> so that if he found any, any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And he journeyed, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse 5, and he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, 
What do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. I encourage you to read the rest of the, um, of the verses. But what happened was that God changed his course. Some of us, we don't understand why there's so much turmoil around us. We don't understand why there's such a storm in our lives. It is because we are running away from the calling of God. We are running away from the vision of God. God has placed a vision on our lives, but we want to go in the other direction. And it is until you align your vision with the vision of God, you will not see fulfillment in your life. Until you align your vision with that of God, you will not see fulfillment. There will always be a storm around you. Now, the second story I wanted to talk to you about before we, we break the scriptures down is uh, it's, uh, um, the prophet Jonah. The prophet Jonah. Now, we all know the story about Jonah. God told Jonah that I want you to go to Nineveh. I have an assignment for you over there to go and do for me. And Jonah decided that, no, I also have plans. I also have visions. I have things I needed to do. I don't think I want to do that. I don't think that's the plan for my life. And so he decided to go in a different direction. But the Bible said that uh, whilst he was on the ship going to where he wants to go, there was a storm. And then the people cast lot to find out who is it that is causing the trouble. Now, there's something I read in that, those scriptures that really woke me up. That the, uh, the Bible said that uh, uh, the captain of the ship went to the basement or to the down cabinet where Jonah was actually sleeping. And then he said, oh, sleeper, what are you doing here? <laughs> Can you wake up and pray to your God to see if this storm will calm down? Sometimes our disobedience doesn't affect us alone. It impacts other lives. And it's until you have obeyed the visions and the plans of God, there will be an impact, sometimes in your family, an impact within the people around you, people in your influence. Your obedience is needed for the vision of God to be fulfilled in your life and that of others. Amen. So let's turn to Jonah 
and we'll read from Jonah 1. Jonah 1. Book of Jonah. I'll find Jonah soon. <laughs> Jonah is missing. All right. So in the book of Jonah, chapter 1, reading from uh, verse number 1, says that now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, and found the sheep going to Tarshish. So he paid the, the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the sheep was about to be broken, broken up. Then the mariners were afraid and every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship and, and lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, What do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? So he, he said to them, I am an Hebrew, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that, for the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may become for us? For the sea was growing more temp temptous. 
tempestos. Amen. Big words. <clears throat> Hallelujah. So, Jonah was going in a different direction. He was going in his own direction. And because of his disobedience, the lives of others were being imparted. And that is what happens in our lives when we take our own vision. So today I'm here to intercept you and to ask you a question. What vision are you running with? What vision are you running with? Is this your own vision or the vision of God? Somebody will say that, uh, uh, but I haven't received any vision from God. I don't know what to do. That's a good place to be. You can commit yourself to the vision of the church. Because the vision of the church is the vision of God. Amen. Amen. Now, your commitment to the vision of the church is an encouragement to your pastor. It ministers grace to him. When you look through the scriptures, God gave Paul a new vision after his Damascus uh, experience. And there were a lot of people who came up and then begin to share in that vision. Somebody like Luke, Timothy, Titus, Silas, all of these men became dedicated to the vision that God has placed on Paul. In the end, they realized their vision. Look, like, look at somebody like um, Joshua. Joshua dedicated his life to Moses, to Moses' vision, the vision that God has placed on Moses. In the end, he led the people to the promised land. Share in the vision of others, and there you will realize your calling and your own vision. Amen. So today I'm here to encourage you, if you have no vision, something that, anything that the Lord has placed on your heart to do, share in the vision of the church. Now let's go back to our um, memory verse for today. I'd like to share some few things there with you. And before I do that, I would like to also mention to you that uh, our Lord Jesus Christ had his own vision. He had his own vision. He had something he wanted to do. But when he heard and saw the vision of the Father, he took it upon himself. And he, he was ready to fulfill the vision of the Father. Because we, if you remember when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he, he cried out and he said, that, Father, let this cup go away from me. However, 
let thy will be done. Not my will. So for Jesus to say that not my will means that he had his own will. But he, he put that aside to fulfill the will of the Father. And the Bible says that he was given a name that is above every other name. That at the mention of his name, every knee should bow of things in heaven and on the earth and beneath the earth. Amen. Last week, Pastor Ray shared with us the story of Mary. That uh, Mary had a vision to be pure, to be a virgin until she's married to a handsome man. And then God came to him and he said that, look, I want to change all the plans. I want you to introduce into the world the Savior. And then he asked God, but how can this be? Later on he said that, let it be unto me according to your will. There has to be an acceptance to the will of God. I believe that God is speaking to somebody right now. God is talking to you about something that he has placed on your heart, something he has asked you to do, maybe for yourself or for the church, for somebody. Listen carefully and be obedient to the word of God. Amen. Because whatever God gives, whenever God gives the vision, he also provides the grace and the anointing to fulfill it. You can see your vision fulfilled when you sacrifice it it all for the Lord's vision. Um, So let's go back to the Habakkuk we just read. And let's look at the verse number 2a, Habakkuk uh, chapter 2, and the verse number 2a says that, so the Lord answered the prophet and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Write the vision. Why do you have to write a vision so that you won't forget? Amen? So that you will not forget. I mean, over the years, men of God have spoken into my life. Sometimes uh, I'm like, yeah, okay, good. And then I move on. But until recently, the Lord has just been impressing on my heart to begin to document them, write them down, so that I don't forget. Amen. Amen. And why do you also have to write it down so that others can also join in that vision? Now, recently, as we embark on that trip to Greece and Italy, Uh, I was sharing a room with one of the professors and he looked at me and he said that, uh, Daniel, 
I see the hand of God all over your life. But you must continue to walk in the shadow of the cross. I mean, these were simple words, but it hit me like a wall. It just marked me. And I kept pondering over it. I kept thinking about it. And what did I do? I wrote it down. For the fulfillment of God's promise to come, I mean, come to pass, you need to write it down so that when it happens, you know it. Because there's so much going on in our lives today that uh, we easily forget. Write the vision down. But it says that when you write it down, make it plain. Make it plain so that even if somebody is running, whilst it's running and reading it, it will be, it will be legible for that person to understand and then to share with others. And that is what I think uh, we have done in this church if you don't know what the vision of the church is, I encourage you to seek for it, look for it, and read it and share with others. Amen. And the things that God also speaks to your life, write it down. Write it down. Now, what it does is that uh, it authorizes you to function. When you write the vision down, it authorizes you to function. Remember when we read the book of Acts, chapter 9? Paul, before he left to go to Damascus, he went to the priest for a letter. Something that will authorize him to go and persecute the people. And God has put his word in writing for us so that it will authorize us. This is the book of vision. And God has written it for us so that we won't forget. So that this will authorize us. Amen. Write it down. Write it down. Now, Habakkuk was not the only one that God instructed to write the vision down. God also asked Isaiah to write the vision down. Amen. God himself was in the habit of writing the vision down. When he met with Moses on the Mount Sinai, what did he do? He wrote it on the tablet, the Ten Commandments. Write it down. Write it down so that you won't forget, write it down so that it can authorize you to function. And also, you write it down so that others can read and share in it. Amen. Others can read and share what God has given to you. And I've already mentioned that uh, Paul had a vision and there were people who came into that vision to support. Our pastor also have, have a vision, and, and you, you always, we always hear his heart. 
We always hear his heart. He says, and, and, and the vision for this church is that uh, the, the gospel will be preached continuously to all people, to all generations, that they will know that our God is really the good news. That is the vision for this church. And we have to read it. It's on the walls. Share in that vision. Amen. Share in that vision. And in fulfilling that vision, we will see that our vision, our personal life, our goals are also fulfilled. Amen. Um, you realize that Elisha served Elijah. Elisha served in the vision of Elijah. And before Elijah left this world, Elisha received a double portion of his anointing. Because sometimes we want to say that, how about my vision? Why do I have to share in another's vision? But it is in doing so that you realize or, or the clarity of your own vision becomes plain to you. Amen. I encourage you to always humble yourself and share in the vision of others, walk in the shadow of others, be willing to walk in the shadow of others, especially if you know within your heart that the vision that God has placed on their lives it's real. Amen. Now, when you look at Ruth, uh, his, her story blows me away. Now, Ruth had the opportunity to do whatever he, she wants. Now, because her husband is dead, she has the opportunity to now uh, follow after the cool guys in the city. Amen because maybe she made a mistake in the first place. But she abandoned her plans and her visions and the things that are dear to her. And then she told Naomi that, look, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to dedicate my life to you for the rest of my life. Your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. In the end, what happened to Ruth? His name appeared in the bloodline of Jesus. I mean, there is no way that this could have happened if she had followed her whole plans. But she was dedicated to the vision of another. Run with the vision. Whose vision are you running with? Is it your own or God? Every vision you run with in life must be originated by God. It must be God-inspired. Your plans in life must be God-inspired. If it is not God-inspired, let it, let it, I mean, let it go <laughs> from today. Just let it go and ask God, what do you want me to do? 
and God will be gracious to replace your vision. Amen. So in the verse 2b, it says that, that he may run who reads it. We are saying Habakkuk. The vision of God must be acted on without hesitation. When God placed a vision in your heart or he birthed a vision in your heart, you have to act on it without hesitation. Amen. Uh, but, and, and it must not be ignored either. Because when you, you ignore the vision of God, I'm afraid he will, he will compel you. Ask Jonah. He will compel you. But know that people are counting on you to be obedient to the calling of God on your life. Amen. And then also, we must be committed to the vision of God. You must be committed. Let me share something quickly with you here. Abraham, for 100 years, has been praying to God for a son. And he had wanted to have a child with Sarah. But nothing was happening. That was his vision, that was his plan in life. But it wasn't happening. And then finally, God gave him Isaac. And then God turned around and asked Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your vision. Put your vision on the altar for me. That which you have fought for for years, just put it on the altar for me. And I'm sure Abraham was struggling and asking within himself, what is up with God? We fought for this for years. Why now? But his commitment to God, his obedience to God, opened up a new provision for Abraham. He became the father of faith. Amen. He became the father of faith. And all of us are enjoying the blessings of Abraham. God blessed him. So be committed to the vision of God. And then the vision must be clear and visible so that those who run can read it and run with it. And then verse 3a says that for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Somebody, I'm here to uh, announce to you that your appointed time is now. Your appointed time for your healing is right now. 
The appointed time for your financial breakthrough is right now. I prophesy that over your life right now in the name of Jesus Christ. For every vision that God has placed within your heart that has delayed, I pray that that appointed time is now in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. The vision of God is for an appointed time. The Bible says that it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because the Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall be renewed with strength like that of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Amen? So wait on the Lord. Because his vision and his plans for you will not lie. The Bible says that, for I know the plans that I have concerning you. They are not of evil, but of good, to bring you to an expected end. What God has said concerning you will come to pass. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because your appointed time is right now. In the name of Jesus, shall we all be on our feet and we want to pray. I want you to um, just lift your visions and your plans into God's hands and, and begin to communicate with God and tell God that if the plans that you are running with in your life is not what he has ordained, you should replace it. You should replace it with his plans and you are ready to say yes to his calling and to his plans. I want everybody to lift his voice and begin to pray, begin to ask God to um, move in your life and begin to change your plans, change, replace every plan that does not align with his vision for your life. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Our Heavenly Father, we have come before you this morning, O God. Father, we have heard your word, God. We pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, if we are traveling on the Damascus road, that does not lead to your destination, O God. Father, may you change it. Father, may you change it. Father, may you change it. We say, yes, let it be according to your will, O God, in our lives. Change the course of our, of, our, of our traveling, of our journey in life, O oh God. Let our vision be your vision, O oh God. Let our plans be your plans, Lord. We thank you, O oh God, that today is that appointed time for our vision, for your vision for our lives, for us to be healed, for us to be restored. For us, O oh God, even to have a breakthrough in our lives, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, God, our Lord, we are moving into this week, O oh God, following after your plans for our lives, walking in your vision for our lives. Let the rest of the years, the year and the years to come, O oh God, be an alignment with your plans, in the name of Jesus and the saints of the living God shall say amen.
God bless you all for uh, listening. And if you have any prayer need, there will be people here to pray with you. Uh, God bless you all.